a special guest speaker, uh, Alfonso Garza. He is the CEO of Dreamhouse Lending. Uh, company started in what, bro? Uh, six, seven months ago. Six, seven <laughs> months ago, man. Already booming. Um, I believe this is uh, just upgraded to another location, a little bit bigger. But uh, introduce yourself, man. I think you can do it a lot better than I can. Um, <laughs> So what's up, man? Yeah, nice to meet you guys, and I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, yeah, so my name's Alfonso Garza, um, 30 years old. I just started my company about six months ago. I've been doing lending for like the past four four years, uh, licensed, and then before that, I had some sort of experience, I guess, from uh, you know assisting in the in, in the mortgage industry. But two kids, married, uh, rental properties, wife. Uh, yeah, man. It's been very crazy for sure. Journey, huh? Yeah, no, it's been very, I'm very, very blessed. So obviously, bro, you know, <laughs> today's podcast is more than anything about, you know, entrepreneurship. Obviously, guys, you know, he is, he is uh, a mortgage broker, right? Yeah. Basically, mm -hmm. Mortgage broker. Um, you know, he does have a, a, you know, his own company. And that's that's actually the purpose of why we decided to, uh, you know, talk to Alfonso today. Uh, one of the things that I just got done telling him right now prior to, you know, the camera starting on is that. Uh, I was inspired because he basically started at a at a very similar time that I did, right? We started at the same time, two different industries, uh, same industry, but different sides, I guess you could say, right? Real estate and lending. Um, and I've, I've been seeing this guy, we haven't done a lot of business together, but I've been seeing this guy grow. And it's like, it's amazing to see that because, you know, I love to see my people win, bro, yeah. you know, and, and, I, and I know that there's struggles. I'm telling you, because, you know, obviously, you know, I've been through struggles, we've been through struggles. So and that's kind of what I want to talk about, right? Just... Share a little bit about, you know, why is it that you even decided to, I guess, open your own company in the first place? I think it was very weird because um, I never aspired to like, I'm going to start my own company and I'm, I'm going to take over the world. Mm -hmm. I think everything just happened like naturally for me. It was always just like, whatever I knew whatever I was going to do, I was going to be really good at it because that's, I had to decide if I was going to be a pro soccer player or literally pivot my whole life and choose to see like, I literally had to just focus on school, focus on school and graduating. Yeah. So the, it came to a point in time in my life where I had to choose, do I give it a hundred and forget school and do, do soccer or do I just pivot and like, I'm already kind of too old to then do that. So and whatever I knew what I was going to do, I, I just knew I was going to be like really good at it and I'm going to give it all. I got you. And things just naturally like, obviously lending, I didn't have any experience. So I got good at lending. And then from there, I met people that taught me how to do structured loans, right? And then from there, I'm like, all right, what's next? Like, yeah. what's next? What's and and next? that was actually my next question for you. So so who or what brought you into this business? Because you could have done a lot of different things. Right. So why lending? I think I just I landed in it. So I guess after uh, college, me and my wife, we both walked the States together. We both graduated. And then from there, we were. she was already planning on going to San Diego. And I was like, well, I can't just go to LA. But that's where I'm originally from, from San Pedro. Yeah. And I ended up going with her to San Diego and I was just like applying, applying in different positions. Some other job didn't always work out. I landed on Craigslist, a job on loan processing. So I was really just resume, 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 resume. And um, when was this? What year? This was like in 2016. Okay. Yeah, like 15, 16, like right around the end of that year. And yeah, dude, it, they hit me up for an interview. I was literally at an interview for selling uh, Kirby fucking vacuums. Oh, yeah, no way. Hey, let me tell you something. Those salesmen, bro, they're probably like one of the best trained salesmen. I almost bought a vacuum when I already had one. Oh, he did. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> for real, bro. Like, they're they're really well trained, man. Like, I, I like the way those people work, but yeah. yeah. I was literally in an interview. I was literally in an interview. I got a call. I'm like, Hey, I gotta, I gotta take this call real quick. I was, uh, I had a group of people that were presenting the, the vacuum, and I was like, all right. So I took the phone call. I was like, hey, can you come for an interview? I was like, I'm there. Yeah. I literally didn't. I just didn't say nothing next to that. Damn, that's crazy. And uh, got the job and to assist loan processing. So that was a loan processing assistant. So that was like the start of everything. Nice. Okay. So that that was a foot in the door. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I kind of want to backtrack it a little bit. And, and again, you can get as personal as you want, bro. You don't yeah. have to share too much, you know, but. Just because uh, I think a lot of who we are today reflects on who we were as kids or how we came up as kids. So, I mean, I just kind of want to ask, bro. I mean, how did you grow up? Were you, I mean, I want to say poor, but I mean, did you guys struggle when you were a kid? Uh, when you were a kid? I mean, did you have both mom and dad? I mean, what was that like? Your yeah, childhood? I was very fortunate. I, have, I still have my parents. Like, they're still married. And uh, yeah, so living in San Pedro, um, living there, we lived in an apartment, the same apartment, basically like the my whole 
20, uh, 17 years that I was, I was with them. And uh, my dad wasn't around as much because he was obviously working. He had two yeah. jobs, we we're paying rent. So literally my mom's job was just to take care of us. So I was always just around my mom, learning from my mom. My dad, he was always there for us on the weekends, taking us to soccer games. Oh, like he's, he, yeah, he was always around. He just had, couldn't be there because he was supporting our, his family. So uh, that's kind of why I feel like he wasn't there as much because he was taking, you know, providing for us. Right. So I did grow up that kind of way in San Pedro and uh, gangs, tagging, violence, uh, going to school, walking to school every single day. So I was around it a lot. Yeah. But luckily, I think soccer like saved my life because if it wasn't for soccer and 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 learning something that I was super passionate about, yeah. just even in high school and wanting to be a pro soccer player and hanging out. Literally, I had no time after school off. Just I would go from high school practice to then uh, club soccer practice. All right. So it was just my my day was so filled, and I got to go home, and it was just. There's no time to hang yeah, out. You know, that, that, that's what keeps the people out of the streets, for sure. It really does. For sure, man. And then as soon as I graduated, it, it just got to the point of, like, I just want to leave. And yeah. I ended up hitting up my boy, Chris Whitting. He's actually one of my loan officers now. Oh, nice. And, nice. Uh, shout out to Chris. Shout out to Chris. He, that's the reason, like, I kind of pivoted to Bakersfield. And I hit him up. He was playing soccer up here. So I literally walked on to the soccer team, my Division One soccer team, to try out. Yeah, I just didn't get recruited anywhere. And I was just kind of like, what am I doing? Yeah. And that's kind of how everything just pivoted from there was I just moved away. Sure. Two hours away. To Bakersfield. So what brought you to Bakersfield? It was Bakersfield had a Division One soccer team. Okay. So I wanted to hang out and be with the vets. So I was just, I don't want to go to Dominguez Hill. Those are all Division Two schools. Yeah. I was like, I got to go somewhere kind of local, still around my family. Mm-hmm. We're not too, too far away, but I still wanted to get out the hood. I wanted to get out. I wouldn't even call it the hood. I mean, I would just, uh, around that environment I was at. Yeah. And I wanted to play soccer. That's literally why I went to college. I wanted yeah. to be a pro soccer player. I got you. Sweet. So that's how everything, you know, it, it didn't always work out, you know, but I think it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> so one of the one of the questions that I did, I did want to ask you, uh, you know, obviously you built what you have now, you know, fast tracking to where you're at currently. Uh, but what did you build your business off of, um, you know, your model or how did you develop what you currently have in terms of the way that your people work? Is it based off of your experience? Did you have a bad experience uh, in the beginning of your business or, you know, how, how, what's your model for your office and what you build it off of? So I really just built it off of like, so like real, realtor partners, referrals. I, I got into lending and I was like, I'm handling people's loans. I'm handling people's like emotions on buying a house. And I was like, I got to take this seriously because if my pre-approvals aren't the best and people are doubting me, like, I didn't want people saying like, oh no, don't take his pre-approvals. Yeah. You know, it's, you don't want that kind of name in town. Um, so I, I found Eileen and Francisco. So shout out to them that they brought me on fairly new, right. not knowing anybody in town Yeah. and they invested time and, uh, I, I basically came to them and I was like, I need the blueprint. I need to know loans. And that's what Eileen uh, taught me the most was structure. So I learned structure and I wanted to learn it as fast as I could. So even after hours, I was learning it because I needed to know, I needed to know every guideline to, to, uh, to take care of people. Right. right? So that's kind of like the facts back in support that I wanted to master. So that way, as I got good at them, now I'm like, okay, how can I get them better? How can I do them faster? Yeah. And then I focused on like getting faster. So then I started finding CRM systems, communication systems to the point of like, all right, it seems like people are starting, I'm starting to get some traction. I'm starting to close. I have my follow-ups on point. Now I'm like, how do I like, and that's kind of how I took it every year was just over a hundred loans, over a hundred loans, over a hundred loans that I'm like, now, like what's next? So that's kind of why the whole broker thing came about. Yeah. And people, I didn't really, I haven't, I didn't want to recruit and I didn't, I haven't even tried to recruit. Yeah. <clears throat> Everything just naturally just gravitated towards me. And yeah. I'm like, I, it's hard for me to say no to people that are, I'm, I'm fun. I, I can hang out with, I can see this right. too. And I'm like, all right, come on. I, I like that you said that, on. that you mentioned the, the fact that you don't recruit is everything because that's yeah. actually one of the, that's, that's the biggest thing that we're proud of. We, we, we never focus on recruitment. <clears throat> I mean, we put out like, hey, you know, get your license here, whatever. Right. But as far as recruitment, everyone in this office, and I'm proud to say that, bro, everyone in our office has came because they heard about us mm-hmm. or word of mouth, whatever. I mean, they, they heard about the company, right? So yeah. it's never been a, a recruitment tactic where we go out and try to get people to come to the office. So um, I mean, I, I like that, bro. And, and you know, it's funny that 
that I, you know, going back to what you were saying. So first you mastered the craft right. and then you mastered the, uh, I guess, efficiency, right? Mm -hmm. On how, because a lot of people try to skip the part of mastering the right. craft. Right. They just want to do shit fast. Excuse my language. Um, they want to do it fast and then they end up screwing up and they, they do get that bad reputation right. and all that stuff. So I like that you mentioned that. And um, yeah, Eileen and, and Francisco, bro, definitely. I, and that's the reason why I mentioned the first place. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah, you know, yeah. so, um, you know, so yeah, I mean, they're, they're good people, bro. I know that uh, uh, Francisco in general, bro, that guy, he was a smart guy. He really he was is. a really good mentor, man. And I think, uh, really was. Um, so what is it that made you make that decision? Like, okay, you know what? I'm, uh, you know, I'm ready to roll. You know, I'm ready to get out of, because, you know. Give, give them a scenario as to what you built your business off of due to the, uh, experience that you went through so that way you kind of um i think my, my experience was a little different you're talking about uh like how'd you what you build so so when i when i talk to agents bro you know i basically tell them look this company was built off of it sounds kind of shitty to say but off of the bad things that i went through right um i'm pretty sure you heard a little bit about the story you know like when i when i first got to my first office it was like here's your keys here's your desk figure it out do what you got to do very old-fashioned files were still in cabinets i mean it was super old school so everything that i picked up off of those offices that i went to which was only two um i took all the bad things on what i didn't like and i turned it into something that i can use for you know the agents that are coming in to not experience what i went through right. Does that makes sense yeah, 100%. Is that, so so what is it that you know I guess you go based off of it. Is, is it something similar to that or is it a little different? No, I mean, luckily I was fortunate. So when I got that job in San Diego, um, ton of support. Like it, it was a small branch. So it was just literally a, a, a branch producing loan officer and a loan processor. Right. And they had other like two loan officers. So it wasn't a big branch, but I was so fortunate to work under him because he was so systematic. The way he talked, he believed in his systems. And yeah. like, you can hear like how excited he was his hands were just moving so fast yeah. that i'm like why is like why is he like this you know but i just came from leaving working at sam's club uh, and i'm like now working for this guy and just hearing how passionate he was and how he, he did this type of loan it just kind of i was around that so i think now that i'm where i'm at now i i always remember scott yeah and i'm like i i'd love to at some point work alongside of him just because he's so energetic he's He's built his own CRM system. He's coded his own CRM system. Because yeah. that's kind of what he did it because now he has a coded system for the mortgage business. So yeah. I I think I came up knowing the tools on like systems and, and putting things in place. So when I left him, because we uh, got pregnant with Enzo yeah. and we ended up coming back to Bakersfield, luckily we just made a company transition. And that's how I landed from Eagle Home Mortgage to the builder side of Eagle Home Mortgage with yeah. Nard. So luckily it was just, everything just worked out. And uh, I was just then around just loan officers that I was assisting loan officers yeah. processing now. So it just got to that point where now I was around negativity. Okay. And I was just yeah. like, oh, what do you mean? Just negative, they're complaining all the time. They were, I mean, I was there at 7.30 in the morning because I got in at 8. And they're, it's coming in at 11. And they're basically saying, I'm so busy. Underwriting is saying this. And I'm just like, well, like, why don't you show up earlier and just, you know, get to work? Like, why don't like, just around every day. Yeah. And it got to the point where I started getting good at like the, the ordering stuff and like the back end that they were asking me questions all the time. Like, how yeah. do you do this? And I'm like, I should be learning from you. Yeah. Like, why am I having to tell you this again? Yeah. Right. I already gave you that step by step on how to do it. So it just yeah. got to the point of like, I need to leave. Yeah. And, and you know, one man, that's actually very similar to, to what I'm talking about too. So environment is everything, bro. It's huge. Yeah. You know, and that's what I teach these guys too, man. I mean, Unfortunately, there's a lot of veterans uh, in any any industry, bro, real estate or lending, whatever. There's yeah. like veterans that come in and they already have bad habits, bro. They already have uh, negative ones, you know, for that matter, um, to where they're not really open to learning or working harder. And then the new people come in like you and I, and we're ready to kill some shit. You know, we're ready to learn. We're open minded. Dominate. Yeah. Yeah. Dominate, bro. You know what I mean? So, yeah. It, it, and that's very, very similar to what happened with me, bro. I had to grow out of that environment where it's like, OK, I, I got to be with people on my category, you know, yeah. producers, right? Right. Um, you know, so that that's that's I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, one question that I did have, <clears throat> I noticed your company is more uh you recruit when, again, you don't recruit, but more more of your uh lenders are, are brokers, right? Mm -hmm. What's the model behind that? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, no, so brokers is uh I guess it gets it comes down to like really licensing. So there's different ways of that you have the bigger banks, right? Like Bank of America, Wells Fargo. Um, then you have retail lenders like the local ones here in town where 
they use a warehouse line of credit. They have their own underwriters. They have their own processors. They have their own staff. They have a lot more admin support. They're, they tend to be a little bit more expensive, right? Gotcha. Um, the rates are more. They maybe charge a little bit more fees to then cover all the support, right? Yeah. So in, in hopes that their systems, everything's in-house. And then you have brokers where we don't really work for one company. So when you don't work for one company, now you have the options to like, I have all these wholesale lenders that I can get to know, choose from, like master them. Like, I'm just not like, I can do that loan. I'm, I'm gonna trust, I'm gonna get it down over here. No, like I need to know your AE. I need to like believe that you guys can actually get these deals done. So I've already weeded through the bad lenders and I have my good circle already where when you're a broker, you have that option to like, oh, we, we're, we can only do loans at 620 or 640, right? When things get bad, they cut back because they, they, they can't sell the, these loans to wherever, could they make money selling them, you know, on the, on the upfront, on the back end. So when they don't, when they can't sell them to like the secondary market, they have to hold them. So when things get bad, like when COVID happened, they had to increase their FICO scores because they're like, they may lose out on their homes and we can't sell it, but we're brokers, well, we never changed. Yeah. No, nah, they're the ones that kept everything the yeah, same. I remember everybody was getting really yeah, strict yeah, at that time. Tight, really, really tight. Yeah. And then you hear, and then you have agents too, like believing that too, we're like, oh, and then obviously we're brokers. That's the thing with us. It's like, nothing changes sometimes, yeah. you know? Uh, we have lenders that we work with. They're, they're, they're always helping out the broker channel. So when you have, when you work for a broker, you, you're kind of endless, man. You can do 550 FICO scores, 10% down. Yeah, you got, you got basically more options, you right? Do. So it's a little bit more of a flexibility for the clients, which makes it a little bit better. So I like that, man. I, and that's something that attracted my attention. Yeah. Um, Cause I saw that you got mainly brokers, you know, I thought that was pretty cool. So. Yeah, cause all you, you, I guess when you're on the broker side of it, you can only, or under a company license. So with DreamHouse, we're mortgage brokers. Cause yeah. we're a broker channel. We don't really, we're not really approved to do retail lending because now when you have a retail lending license, you have to have a, a line of credit, yeah. a certain amount of net worth to then, now you need to find an underwriter. Then you need to find a processor. Mm -hmm. uh, now you need to find staff. So it could be a lot harder to do to then do that. More risk, you know, there's more compliance. You're selling loans now. Like, I just didn't want to tap into that yet. I wanted to make sure like I, I came from broker. I've known broker for the last four or five years that yeah. That's kind of what I know, you know, so I didn't want to get too greedy with it. Yeah. Let me try retail now. Let me, let me, I just, I'm happy with what I do. I'm good at what I do. Yeah. And I just been attracting people that that's how it happened. And, and uh, <clears throat> let me ask you, how many uh, transactions did you close last year? If you don't mind me asking, as a company. Last year, yeah. I don't know yet. Um, so last year was very tough for us because it was more, I'm a producing like loan officer, right? Sure. So I then, at some point, my vision was to get my broker's license be myself as a producing loan officer and then have like two support staff just for me. Mm -hmm. But as things started happening, now we're just like, hey, you have your own company? I'm like, all right. So, and then other loan officers started coming yeah. and I'm just like, damn, who's gonna process our loans? So then I had to focus and pivot like my business, like yeah. who's gonna catch all these loans? So it was very tough, but like the whole last year, I think we still closed like a hundred plus loans, nice. but maybe 60, 70 were for me. And then some were for Damaris, some were for my brother-in-law, Will, some were from Chris. So they all added up to be like where I still kind of made the same amount of money, but yeah. now it's just like, I, I put in a different amount of work somewhere else. Yeah. So then attention in a different yeah. area. So that's kind of what happened last year. But I mean, even if I just, because now as a business owner, you have a lot more responsibility. Now you have, yeah, we got to have a printer. Like I got to go buy a printer. <laughs> oh, it's crazy, man. I'm I got guests. Like you're telling me you, you need a shredding bin now, like yeah. for all these documents. So it's a lot of like, damn, when am I going to do this? And on top of it, yeah. get back to my agents, get back to my borrowers, or the tenant files. Now I got to manage my loan off. So it's just very tough. So it was just more of like a growing pain all last right. year, but we came up on top still. That's right. Very, and it's very humbling and um, very blessed, man. So that's right. Well, honestly, man, I mean, we had very similar challenges. Um, I know you went to the Christmas party that we were talking about, bro. And when we first started the office, I thought it was going to be something as simple as like, okay, we're going to open it up. And uh, it's just literally all we need is location and just need a badass logo and some people. And <laughs> bro, we needed insurances for all kinds of crap. Bro, yeah. It's crazy. He said insurances on top I need of insurances. My insurances. <laughs> you know? It's crazy. You know, yeah. Uh, office furniture, like, damn, bro, how much for that coffee table? It's expensive. <laughs> That's about the receptionist desk. Yeah. Receptionist desk, no? How much yeah. is the receptionist called? <laughs> wow. Bro, I mean, they're expensive, you know? So, I mean, it's definitely 
a, a struggle. So that that's kind of what I wanted to get into, bro. So this is where it started getting a little bit more personal for me. So yeah. uh, when you first started out your business, did you have support from your family members, from your wife, um, friends, or did you have to cut certain people off in your life so that you can get to where you're at right now? Not really. I mean, the, the main objective, I guess, to opening the, the business was it was just a conversation between me and my wife. So it, it got to the point where it's only just me, two loan officers. We have a higher comp, comp plan now where it's we're going to be I can let do less work mm -hmm. and uh, make the same amount of money. That was the goal. Right. Because now I have to invest time with my kids. So that's kind of how it, everything originally started. But yeah. as it started happening, I'm like, damn, I need more time. I need more time. I need yeah. more time. So it, at home, it was just more of like me and my wife talking about what we need to do something with. Like, I, it's either I work from eight to five and then yeah. I, I hang out like a certain schedule. I help her at home. And then from seven to like one in the morning, I'm going to grind it out at home. So it was always just for me of like figuring out when I'm going to work. Because it's like, I understand that she needs me. Like I, like, I didn't have my dad growing up, right? So I didn't yeah. want to feel like that towards my kids either. For sure. So it was very tough because originally I had pictured it differently. And as things actually started happening, it was very... What am I going to do now? Yeah, right. Things are happening right now. I need a desk. Now I need to invest time to go and like find the desk and, and who's going to assemble it. Yeah, right. So it got, it was very tough. That's why I say it was a very tough year because even just at home was, what are we going to do? Now we have two kids. Now it was, what are we going to do with time? Right. You did this because you wanted to have more time for us. Yeah, right. And it, it, it hurt a little bit, but now it's just like, now we're on the same page on like, and now she actually um, comes in Tuesdays and Thursdays, my, my wife, yeah. to then um, help her with, uh, help me with the payroll stuff. All right. Oh, so nice. now okay. I got her invested Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's just because, I mean, she wants to be home and enjoy the kids too. For so sure. For sure. It, it got to the point where now she she's here Tuesdays and Thursdays, like being here uh, yeah. kind of more part-time as Gianni tends to grow up a little bit, yeah. put him in daycare. So now she can actually, then she wants to do her own notary business. So. I, well, I kind of get her in, got her involved right? in a sense. Yeah. And, and that was my next question. I know Rigo has one right now, um, but my, my question, and, and it's funny because I had actually written that down. So how did this affect your relationship with your wife? And, and, and you know, so basically how you, you've explained how you overcame that. Yeah. But how did it affect your relationship, though, in terms of like or if, if it affected your yeah. relationship at all? You know? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it got to the point where the good thing about my wife, well, she's, she's amazing. She, she communicates to me a lot. Yeah. She just says, Hey, I'm not feeling like you, we have, have you here all the time. For sure. So that's, that's what she, she, she's really great at communicating. So with me, I'm always like, how can I, okay, if you need me here, okay, what, what are we going to do? Right. Yeah. So we tend to communicate in that aspect of like, okay, we have a schedule. You want to work out in the mornings? Do, do you go in the nights? Yeah. Like what time? Like, so like, I want to make sure you're happy. You know, it doesn't make sense for him. You, you got to take them into consideration. Yeah, 100%. Right. Because the only reason I'm doing this full time is because she's handling it at home. So I'm very grateful for that. And she's great at communication. So mm -hmm. she kind of brings me back down. Like, hey, just be more realistic. I'm like, what, 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 what can we do? Yeah. So I think we found uh, like through trial and error, just, all right, I think this has been working. Um, I've been setting alarms to like, hey, you got to start putting the phone down by like five and yeah. then straight home. Right. Yeah, okay. So I just we just found a routine that kind of worked. And um, and if we would try that out for a couple of weeks, a month or two. And then <clears throat> anything that she was noticing, I was in, she'll come and bring me back. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. damn, let me let me try to recoup and let me try to fix that. So sure. that's what's really been awesome. Dude, honestly, and that's everything. Just the fact that you're able to be on the same page with your significant other yeah. is everything. If you're going to the gym and you're getting at it and you're eating healthy, but your significant other's like, ah, you know what? I don't want to go to the gym. I, I think I want to eat a cheeseburger yeah. today. Uh, you know, it kind of makes it a little bit hard, you know, oh, it's, it's kind of creates a fine line in yeah. between. Um, and it, and it's, it's a game changer when you got that other person that's willing to step up to your level and mm -hmm. they see you grow, they want to grow. They, they want to yeah. go to the gym or they see you doing uh, something good for yourself. And they're like, what can I do to help you out type thing? Um, you know, obviously there's things that they want as well, but more than anything, the fact that they're willing to support whatever it is that they, you know, you're doing. Yeah. yeah. And, and I met your wife, bro. She, she, you know, that day of the party and yeah. she seems like a very supportive person, you know, right yeah, away she, she starts talking about your company, you mm -hmm. know, so I can tell the type of person that she was. Cause like Regal mentioned, bro, not a lot of women 
are 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 very supportive. Or I mean, vice versa. It could be either way, bro. You know, women starting business and men are not supportive. You know, so. Mm -hmm. It really does come down to that. That's the reason why I asked that question, because, you know, I was affected by this, um, you know, when I first started my business, too, obviously. And, you know, bro, it's not like one of those nine to five jobs. You know, sometimes we just can't balance it out. It just it doesn't work that way. Right. You know, sometimes you got to grind it out till nine, eight o'clock, eight, nine, ten o'clock at night. Right. And, you know, sometimes, you know, your wife does have to understand um, but it's one of those things where, again, she does have to be on board. And like Rigo says, you know, she kind of has to be where, you know, I mean, I guess you can say supportive in a sense where you know hey man if you're working out i want to try to do something you know i guess kind of be on the same level bro yeah, yeah. right you know and then that's that's where a lot of relationships either they grow together or i guess they kind of drift apart right um so i'm happy that you know you guys are going strong bro um like i said i mean when i met her she seemed super supportive and very yeah. like invested in your business mm -hmm. so i can tell that's why i had to ask that question bro. because <laughs> yeah. again you know it's happened to me bro it's happened to my brother it's very common i mean that 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 shifts everywhere you know for mm -hmm. a lot of people and that's why i want to talk about it because a lot of relationships do get affected by it to where it's like, damn, you know, like I'm just trying to work and my relationship, like my business is going great, but my relationship is going to crap. And and you know that if your relationship isn't good, then sometimes your business can get affected by it. You know what I mean? Okay. So that, that's the reason why I asked that question. But yeah. uh, and then and then just to kind of talk about a little bit of the willpower, because I know you mentioned right now that you go and you put alarms on um, to tell you when to get off your phone. But I'm assuming that you have the schedule when you're on go time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and then you go, you, you have a little off time. You're with your family, you're with your kids. And then you mentioned you're on from seven to like one in the morning. Mm -hmm. It's a go time again. Right. Right. So, I mean, what developed that willpower to go and say, hey, I want to go and get this shit right now. And then I'm going to have my, my, my off time. And then I want to go at it again as long as I can go shit until I fall asleep on my computer. Like what has that that willpower? What's What's the drive? I mean, I think I just naturally grew it from like just watching my dad do it. Right. My dad, I got, I, I think I got that gene from my dad because yeah. at some point. It's a Mexican gene, right? It has to be some sort of like, he never, I never heard him complain how he was tired. I had to go to work. Las cuatro de la mañana. And that guy worked two out, two two jobs. He would be out by six, mm -hmm. go to uh, come home, shower, take out to, to the school district, be off by 10. Nice. And then by the time he got home, we were asleep. So, so that happened with my dad right so i think i got that sort of gene from him yeah and then being in san diego finding out that i'm gonna have a kid now it was just like oh man like obviously san diego's expensive so yeah. it was just me and my uh now wife that i was like now i gotta go i'm gonna go get a second job while we save up i gotta save up money down to move we're gonna move back in with my parents so as i was working in that other mortgage assisting position be off by four i got a job second job at sam's club yeah from six to ten so it was literally, I was at the gym at four, yeah. shower, get ready, be at work by eight, eight to four. And then from there, it was an hour drive to the Sam's Club. So I did that for literally two months. By yeah. the time we were planning on leaving back to Bakersfield, that it was very difficult to up and down, up and down, like to still consistently be up at four in the morning, go to the gym and then get off by 10, come home, sleep, and then wake up at four again to go to the gym. I think that then it just develops such of like, like, let's go. Like, uh, it just sparks maybe like uh, that work ethic during that time just yeah. kind of drove me. But I don't know, bro, I, I played soccer my whole life. I felt like that was hard. Early in the mornings, 4 a.m. running two miles. Yeah, bro, it's work, playing soccer at, at, at San Pedro High and then having to go to club soccer. So. I felt like all that was hard. I yeah. felt like going to school was hard. So you already studying was hard. hard work, basically. Yeah. So when I when people tell me like oh, you got to do lending, you got to learn how to do income, I'm like, are you serious? Like, I'm like, all right, I just got to be on the computer, know how to calculate it, like assets, like that's all I got to do. And I'm like, this is easy. So when I hear people complaining all the time, I'm like, I. I've been through it. Learning fields, bro. We worked in the fields, bro. You know, so it was one of those things where, again, in the field. So uh, we worked in the fields, bro. And it was one of those things where, um, you know, obviously you got to wake up at four in the morning. You got to be there. Um, and it's hot as hell, bro. You yeah. know, so it's like one of those environments. And I talk about it all the time, bro, because uh, I'm proud of it now. Yeah. You know, I was a little embarrassed by it. I'm going to be honest mm -hmm. in the beginning, you know, because it's like that's all we knew for a long time, bro. Me and this guy did like so many seasons in the fields. But now I'm proud to say that, you know, that's what built us up to what we are today because it's exactly what you're saying, bro. Like, so character people, it, it, this is hard work, but for us, that builds our character. So for us, this shit's easy, bro. You know what I mean? Um, because it's like physically and mentally, you know, there's two different things, right? You can get mentally exhausted just like physically, but 
Honestly, it does build that character, bro. It really, really does. And it does have a lot to do with, you know, who we are today because I, I feel like if I didn't get to experience that in my life, I would have been a lot lazier than what I was right now. Yeah. You know, now we wake up early as I would go to the gym. We, you know, we work out. We try to keep ourselves accountable. We try to keep ourselves active um, and, you know, do what we got to do here. Yeah. But I, I feel like it has a lot to do with that, you know. So soccer, bro, I know it's not an easy task. Yeah. You know, I know it's one of those things where you got to fucking run like a lot, you know. So, a lot. You're training a lot. You got to eat. On top of it, even at school, uh-huh. you're in college, you're there to play soccer. So soccer in the mornings, then you got to get ready for class. And then you got to focus on eating. And then for me, I had no money. My parents didn't support me drink. So I had to get a job. So I was working. And then from there, I have all my soccer buddies that didn't have jobs. They got scholarships. So I had to go grind. Yeah. And then on top of that, I started to go study. And then so it's just, I, I've been, I think college is very difficult. Right. Well, especially when you're an athlete and you're having to manage all everything else with life and staying sane and passing and keeping your grades up to then play. So I, I come from hard and now that it's just, it's now I'm on my way down, but now it's just like, now I can work hard toward this for sure. Right. And I think that's where I just, how do I get good at this? You know, I got good, really good at soccer. How do I get good at this? For sure. And then I wanted to get there as fast as I could. Okay. YouTube videos, learning from that person, learning from that person, yeah. making it my own. And then from there, once I got good at that, all right, how else can I at least communicate? And that's how I think I learned that from Scott. That's yeah. it. So the people that I've met from where I'm at now, everything has just, it made me to who I am today. For sure. Yeah, so it's, it's been very crazy. Cool. Um, one, I guess, piece of advice that you would give yourself, knowing what you know now, what piece of advice would you give the Alfonso four years ago? Four years ago would be this dude, 2018. I, I don't think I would change anything. I think I would uh, keep everything the same. I, I would probably research more on like what brokers are. And it's just, I think things happen how they're supposed to. Absolutely, I mean, yeah. It, it, I surrounded myself around people that made me better and taught me things and that had been there before. So I, I learned from their mentorship and I was just very grateful to to learn all this stuff. And now like I now it's time to keep growing. Yeah. So I was just, I don't know what I would change. I think I wouldn't. Um yeah. I think I would keep everything That's the cool. same. Dude. I was the same work ethic. You gotta just, be coachable. That's all it really comes down yeah. to. It's because at the end of the day, yeah, you know, one of the one of the biggest things that that we say is you can have all the tools, you know, you need to succeed. But it, it, everything is behind action and actually knowing how to utilize that, right? Yeah. Uh, but I definitely agree, dude. You got to be coachable exactly uh, with everything. And so that way you can grow. 100%. So I think the only thing maybe I regret is just uh, not not finding every taste with it. Yeah, bro. You gotta try to do tape, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Not for my tape. The, the tape fans over here, I know. Oh, for sure. He's still in prison right now, huh? I'm about to go to Romania tomorrow, bro. I know, man. I'm flying up there. I got you, bro. Good. First class over there. Now, honestly, man, I mean, speaking about Andrew Tate, that guy really has. He 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 didn't necessarily open my eyes as a, as a as a man. You know, he kind of just reassured me of what I already do. Because yeah. again, bro, you're in a Mexican household and you got. A very very strict Mexican dad. Yeah, those principles are already kind of natural to you. You know right, what I mean. Right. So when I when I saw this guy's videos, bro, I was like just in shock. I'm like shit. That's 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 what I. Obviously, I don't agree with a hundred percent of things, right. but about 95 percent, yes, I do. You know, because he's a very smart guy. Yeah, and I don't um, think you should agree with everybody's like views. Absolutely, man. You know, they're just like at some point. So you're kind of picking choosing where you pick up the right people, yeah. but yeah, like not like I. And that, I I think when people say, oh, I don't like Tate now. When I think about Tate, I'm like, oh, he taught me things that my dad never taught me. Yeah, and now right. like now it's everything's hitting home. And I'm like, that's kind of why I do need that father, uh, older brother. Figure. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes yeah. I'm, I'm the oldest. So I didn't have someone teaching me how to be a man. And I didn't right, have yeah. someone teaching me like you. Sh- this is your job. Like yeah. you have to. And I'm already doing it. Right. So I was already entrepreneurial, For sure. to, you know, develop. And then I met Tay, all right, you know, I ran into yeah. Tay, and then it came to the point of like, well, I'm already here, so how can I then have that a better mindset now? For sure, right? That's all it was. I just didn't have the media. No, bro, absolutely. And that was actually another question that I had for you. Yeah. So obviously, and I like that you mentioned that because I am the I'm the oldest brother yeah. from from all of us. A lot of the things that my brother knows, he's he's got to see me experience, and whether they're fortunate things or unfortunate things, you know, he's got to see me go through a lot of things first. 
Um, so a lot of my mentorship came from YouTube. A lot of my mentorship came from like people like Andrew Tate, you know, and just to name drop a few, mm -hmm. Patrick but David, right. you know, like a lot of people that are influential in that way. What was your form of mentorship when you feel like you didn't have answers, bro? Because honestly, when I was starting my business, sometimes I was stuck, bro. I was like, fuck, what do I do? Right. What am I supposed to do? Exactly the, the scenario you gave me. I'm like, okay, I'm a top producing realtor. I can't focus 100% of my time on this anymore because now I got a business. Right. Now I have to juggle between both. So it, it affected our sales a lot, bro, when I first started the company. Right. Um, so again, I, I, I guess I went back and reverted to YouTube, to books, and I started getting into books and all that stuff. What was your form of mentorship? How did you look for answers when you couldn't find anything? You know, because there's not a lot of information when it comes to, you know, having a business, I guess you can say. I mean, there is, but very limited, I guess. Yeah, so I guess I owe a lot of the entrepreneurial to like Francisco and Eileen. So after leaving the old company I was at, they already had rental properties. They already like have been a top producer, yeah. right? They already yeah. had, they already knew how to structure loans. So. I think just her, uh, surrounding myself around them that it got to the point of like, I kind of looked at her as more of like older sister and Francisco of like that uncle where it was just more of like, this is how the market is, right? Yeah. So they taught me a, a financial aspect of the business of where I, the same thing, right? I, I didn't, they can only teach me so much, right? Yeah. But I guess when my hunger came in, there's not a lot of people here in town I felt that can then teach me like, this is how you're supposed to do loans. This is how you should have a system. This is how you should have X, Y, and Z laid out. So I was just on YouTube as well, right? So then I met, um, I signed up for like a sales training through okay. some guy, his name is Daniel Nekart with Sales Remastered. So I invested in his course. And then it was dope, man, because he he's an actual originator, top producing originator that he mastered the sales part of it the emotional side the fear side like he taught me a lot on like thinking like a side outside of the box where then i can damn like i didn't even think of that right yeah so i like daniel because bro like anything mortgage you can't really find a really good sales mortgage person so i had to outside look on he focused his business on cold calls so i get more referrals so mine weren't as hard as his was yeah so I had to learn and like learn through, he had scripts, right? Yeah. So then I started like understanding a little bit better on scripts, how to read like the tonality, how to match it, you know? So it just taught me more things that yeah. I brought here in Bakersfield that I think it just made me a better loan officer in general. And that's kind of how I've taken things in life. So I guess the only mentorship was really just Daniel. I would have like Zoom calls with him like every so often. So, so a coach basically, right? Here and there. Yeah. Yeah. Paid for his course, did his course, did really well in his course. And he invited me on the podcast too, to do, uh, you know, and on his YouTube channel uh, that nice. he posted. And then from there, um, yeah, I think I just did really good. And he just kind of invited me. And then from there, which is really Francisco, uh, Daniel Nekart. And I think that's all I can really say of like people, like I don't go to these seminars. Yeah. I, I don't feel like I need that yeah. to um, you know, get, get motivated, right? And, and that, that's that's me. typically what they're for, man. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I've always wanted to go to one and mm -hmm. I've never gone to one bro, mm -hmm. ever in my life. I have right. never been to a convention. I've never been to a seminar. Yeah. I've never been to it. And I can say that, you know, <clears throat> at the end of the day, it all really comes down to action. Right. You can mm -hmm. be as motivated as you can, bro. You can be ready to conquer the world. And the next day you feel like shit, you don't feel like doing anything. And, and that's kind of where... You know, sometimes the best of you. It gets sure the best of you. Yeah. So discipline does take over, man. And action is going to be a lot better than a person that's just motivated that ain't 100%. doing crap. So, um, uh, do you have another question, Rio? Yeah, actually. So kind of going back to to everything. What's your vision uh, for your company? I mean, like what overall? You, yeah. What's your plan? What's your goal? And when would you say, okay, look, I I did what I had to do, and I'm I'm happy. I built what I built. I think where I think I see my next vision is being like. Now I'm focusing on more of like a, a strong backend support in, in a sense of like processing. So that's where I think my focus is going to be on this year. Um, I don't think you can have a good team of loan officers without a good backend support. So instead of me saying, I need to go get more leads, I need to go get more referrals. No, like I need to focus on my operations. I need to make sure they're okay. I need to yeah. make sure they're happy that I'm providing them like the, you know, how can we get you to be a better processor, right? because now I can actually mold them to be great people, um, happy people. And then now we can actually help out more loan officers that right. could be struggling, right? They need that good backend support that if a file submitted underwriting, knowing that it's gonna get approved, then yeah. they, can, they can then get more business, right? So instead of me focusing on recruiting, that's why I didn't want to recruit. So yeah. I wanted to hold off to then 
be proud of what I have already to then feel comfortable then to recruit. Oh, no doubt, bro. So I think that's where I'm going to focus more on processing in the next maybe year, this whole year, taking processing um, and uh, trying to build up the office, get it, get it to be nice and get it to the be uh, for sure uh, to the point of, you know, operation, uh, operate. Sorry, right? fully operation. Right. I got you. I got you. And, and another thing I like that you mentioned, the you know, we don't focus on recruitment. One of the reasons why I don't focus on recruitment is very similar to what you said, too. Sometimes uh, when people come in as veterans and, and you recruit a veteran, sometimes they come in with like really bad habits, bro. That too. Remember, you know, the experiences that we talked about of like people that are already experienced, people that are already coming with a mindset, bad habits, they're negative. Um, so I feel like when you recruit that, sometimes it's it can be a hit or miss. I, I love working with brand new agents, bro. I, I think like 60% of my office, they're brand new agents. And I love brand new agents for the most part because you can mold them into something like you said, you know, you can train them. They're, they're open-minded for typically. Right. Um, so that's, that's, that's what I focus on. So you as a, as a, as a mortgage broker, um, do you focus more on, on, I guess, people that are already experienced or, I mean, are you open to, I guess, molding new people into the business, you know, like a brand new fresh lender? So I, I guess I, I picked and choose who I could and like I, I can feel like I can hang out with and have a good relationship with. Like we just we brought on the Maris and the Maris, I, I can hang out with her. Right. So she was yeah. a producing loan officer already. And we just brought on Tyler Arias mm -hmm. and uh, I can hang out with them. I went to his birthday party. Right. So we can be yeah. friends. Right. Okay. So at, at some point, it's kind of like picking and choosing who's joining the team. <clears throat> so I wanted so we just hired our second, um, you know, junior processor where I had ads out where. We were recruiting, uh, we were hiring a new position where I, I was kind of saying, do I bring on a full like 10 year processing experience uh, person yeah. or do I bring on someone fresh and just invest time in them and heavy, bring them up to the point of like, you know, changing their life in a sense. Right. And then, or do I bring on someone that they do processing this way? No, I don't like to do statuses. No, the agents are not going to get updates for me. Like, right. That yeah. meant, so it's. I, they I know did, what their habits. They, they sure. do. Like when you when you when you meet those veterans, you meet meet those people. They they feel like they're the only ones that are right. So now you're focusing on changing their mindset. Yeah, be coaching, bro, that, to, that's tough. To, to, that's really use your CRM system. So I think I've been naturally getting newer loan officers back. Like my brother's newly licensed. Yeah, I have Chris that brought me to Vegas, so he's newly licensed. So I'm investing time to then teach them how to do things. Absolutely, how to understand a credit report, but through documentation of myself, I'm, our, I'm still originating loans. So I'm looming my, my screen and then talking what I'm doing. Yeah. So I have content laid out already without me having to feel like I have to go train them. Yeah. So I send them out the video, say, hey, here's a video on how to analyze a credit report. Boom, here you go. And it's just me just going through a credit report because I had to because I'm doing this file. Yeah. So I've been focusing on documenting a lot. Right. So it's you're being innovative in a sense <laughs> where you're you're multiplying yourself and now you're able to train them, but you don't got to be there to train them because you've already done the work. Now right. you'll focus on something else. Yeah. So that's crazy. I guess dude. focusing now on nurturing them long term. So right. just they're so new with me still. So now maybe that's what it's going to hurt me later on is uh, you didn't nurture them or you didn't take care of your, yeah. your people. Right. So now I need to focus on maybe growing that part. Yeah. myself see and it's, it's kind of like what, what what a lot of people come to find out when they open their own business too is is okay either i'm gonna work in the business or on the business and i think what you're doing is probably the best thing because that's something that we had to learn early on is mm -hmm. okay either we're gonna work either I, i'm gonna work in the business again doing sales doing what i gotta do which i'm really really good at that bro mm -hmm. um you know i, I feel like i'm <laughs> I can kill it, you know, uh, for sure at sales. But I feel like this is where I needed the most is is working on the business, you know, growing the business, nurturing people. Uh, train. I'm big on trainings. I'm big on education. I'm big on systems. teaching experiences, systems. Bro, I'm huge on systems, and that's another reason why you know I was attracted to doing this with you because I know you're a very systematic person, mm -hmm. and I like that. I'm very systematic, bro. CRM systems, all that stuff. I have systems for my system. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I, I I like that, you know. That that's one of the struggles that a lot of people are going to face. You know, it's either you work in the business or you work on the business, right? Yeah. So obviously, if you want to grow and you plan on getting to a certain level in your life, I think you should focus on the business. Right, 100%. Um, and I know we're not talking about real estate here, bro. I know this is more about the entrepreneur side, but I got to ask this question because a lot of people really don't know the answer to this. Can you buy a home with OnlyFans? You technically can. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I think they're considered like contractors. So okay. if you're contracted... 
to do content. Like if I think people who are, who do YouTube are contractors, uh, you get paid a 1099 and a certain amount of ad revenue. Um, yeah, you could technically buy all the As long as you do your taxes, ladies. As, <laughs> as long as you do your taxes, uh, you know, get with the lo a loan officer that knows how to, you know, calculate schedule C income. Yeah. Some are um, over all my OnlyFans uh, clients over to Alfonso. Yeah. So like, hey, I'm just playing, but life is watching you. <laughs> I'm kidding, bro. Um, so obviously, you know, again, uh, another question I do have for you, real estate related. What is your projection for uh, the real estate market in 2023 uh, more locally? Like, what do you think is going to happen locally? Here in Bakersfield, I think the prices are naturally going to sense maybe stabilize at some point. I think the rates, they're starting to come down a little bit compared to, I think, the last couple months. Yeah, I see that. So it's just, that's kind of what I hate about rates. It's just like, what are the rates today? You don't know. Sometimes you're yeah. like, I don't know. So it, it makes it tough for me, too, on the lending side is like, do I max out their pre-approval at this rate? What if rates are above now, you don't call yeah. Now you're a bad lender, right? So I think that prices are going to stabilize. So they just shut them too quick. So I think they're going to stabilize. It's gonna find a medium, and hopefully, we start like maybe trending slowly at some point uh, upward. Upward, yeah. Okay. Upward, yeah. That's kind of like my prediction. I mean, but who can judge? Right? Right. Who, right. who knows? Who knows exactly what's gonna happen? But that's kind of my prediction. If you're motivated to buy, hit up my boy. <laughs> uh, Garza with Dreamhouse Lending. Um, one question before we uh, finish it off. I know you got one more. I got one more, and we're about to wrap this thing up right now in about five minutes. Uh, and I'm very curious to know, have you ever, and I'm pretty I'm pretty sure we all know the answer to this, but have you ever thought about quitting? And if so, how close were you to quitting? Yeah, so actually starting up like the company that I have now. So starting Dreamhouse, it started get, getting to the point of like, you need a printer, you need you need a staff, you need people that, you know, uh, you need water for your employees. You need to have like all that yeah. stuff in place where it just started getting to the point of like, I have all my business and I have all my referrals. I got to start processing them. Who's going to process my loan? I don't have a solid team. I think I jumped too quickly yeah. versus like I have a set of people. So I think that's what's been haunting me this whole time, uh, starting like the first three or four months. And I'm like, damn, like it got to the point of like my files were going straight down. That process, third party processing company, is they getting back to me. So it made it very difficult. It got to the point of I was already talking to other broker shops to go join them. And uh, I, I, um, I give a shout out to Damaris because she's the reason I wanted to see how Summit was over there. And so she was just like, no, I'm actually getting ready to leave. We, I should just go join you. You know, we will then find someone to, you know, train and, and nurture. And, yeah. and that's the only reason um, where, where I think so gave, me, gave me the motivation to keep going. Uh -huh. Because at some point, it just like the same thing, right? At home, it started affecting me. I'm working too much. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm so over it. I'm, so, yeah. I'm tired of hearing it at home. I'm tired of like coming to work and hearing it again from the borrowers and agents. Where are we at with this? And yeah, files were all from everywhere, huh? I was that's like, that's I'm, that's just, I'm out. Like, it, it's like, like if you see it on, a, on on one of those graphs, those entrepreneurial graphs, it's, yeah. it's the bar going down. But right after that bar, it's, it's yeah, that little that, spike. That, that level up, man. Yeah, right. Right. Again, it, it's just, it sounds very similar. Principles are going to be the same no matter what business you're in. You can be selling tamales. You can be selling uh, you know, clothes or whatever, yeah. you know, it's the principles are always going to be the same. It's, it's It sounds like it's either you're working in the business or on the business. Yeah. And then, you know, and I had that same experience, bro. When I, again, when I opened, I'm like, shit, I bit off more than I can chew. Yes. I was, bro, I was what, 24, 20, I think when we yeah. got another company, 24. it was in 2020, bro. Mm -hmm. And COVID hits. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, you know, like, what do I do, bro? I'm, sh I'm like, I'm like shitting it because now I have... Again, you know, yeah, water's expensive, bro. Coffee, it's, it's to maintain crap. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I didn't think about all this stuff. So that's why we're doing this podcast because for anybody looking to open up a business is just to have that in mind, you know, it's definitely like something that, and we have reserves, bro. Don't get me wrong, but shit happens, you know, and it affected my relationship. You know, uh, agents are very emotional sometimes, you know, especially the agents that are under you. I have a lot of issues starting out too with, with some of my agents, you know, so it was an experience for me, bro, because it's like, okay, I'm not closing shit. And I'm not making money on this side. And you know, bro, in the business, you know, you don't typically make money on your business for the first two years. That's yeah. the way it works. You know, right. like if, if anything, you're probably going to lose money. You're going to be putting money out of pocket, out of pocket, out of pocket. Right. Bro, we were a year in and we didn't make jack 
shit to be honest mm-hmm. with you. And, and this is for the company i mean everything yeah. that we made on sales was us we you were, were producing for the company yes yes we would put put our hour in mm-hmm. and um i think more than anything that's what makes us want to continue to go and not give up is the fact that it's like bro we're already here right let's fucking get there you yeah. know that, that, that scale it mm-hmm. so had a lot of uh you know um moments where we're just like okay like, we feel like we need to throw in the towel, but we don't because we're like, okay, it's either we're doing this shit 110%. I even told my brother uh, during 2020 when all that happened, I'm like, bro, I'll go bankrupt doing this shit. I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to go all in. So either I do it or I don't. Yeah. There's no in between. You know what I mean? So, um, I, I mean, it, it just really comes down to that. Again, principles the same everywhere, though. Everywhere. Just keep that in mind. Save money. Uh, have the reserves. You know, just 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 keep those things in mind. And obviously, you know, if you're going to be employing people, you're going to have staff. You're going to have agents or whatever industry you're in. I mean, that takes a lot of your time. You know, and that takes a lot of uh, uh, resources and energy. And it's just one of those things where you got to be prepared. And and you know, if you're going to go into something like that, just understand what you're getting yourself into. Hundred percent. Right. So before we end off this podcast, did you have another question? No, I, I think that was basically it. I just wanted to kind of have one last question for you. And this is more for the people that are going to be watching. Um, what advice would you have for the people that are looking into going into business for themselves? Business for themselves is uh, obviously have a plan. You most definitely need to have a plan on like how you plan on making money, how you plan on getting your customers or your leads. Yeah. Learning from someone that actually has been there, maybe. So acquiring that coach or that mentor to give you the blueprint to then at some point now you have some sort of direction on where to kind of take it there from and then focus on like the operation side of it there is an operation side of uh, there has to be operations on every type of business right yeah so you know just making sure you have a a solid foundation on just before starting off for sure um but i mean mastering your craft mastering your craft but i mean who's to say like if you don't jump i mean you won't be successful yeah definitely definitely i agree 100 percent. i think don't don't be scared we're not telling you guys to be scared you know the stars never align they're never gonna align there's never gonna be a perfect time there's never gonna be a Uh you know again like rigo says where the stars align you're like okay now it's my time sometimes you do have to take that risk and you do have to take that 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 it's 99 of the time you have to take the risk yeah absolutely and i think that's what happened with me is i just jumped yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, see, I'm like, yeah. like, oh, what about this? You know, and, I'm like, and that's kind of where it's like slowly picking everything up. Right. And, um, you know, but who's to say, like, you can prepare as much as you want, but if you're not going to take action, that's absolutely. It goes back to action, ladies and gentlemen. Preparation is one thing, but action is another mm-hmm. thing. So just, again, you know, know what you're getting into, but take action at the end of the day. And just remember, I mean, it's it's never an easy process. Just if you're gonna go in, go all in, 110. percent That's that's right. my advice. So, thousand percent. Again, guys, uh, this is Alfonso Garza with Dreamhouse Lending. Do you want to give all your contact information? It's up to you. 100. percent Yeah. If you guys want to uh, get a mortgage loan, and, and we do basically all loans. We do hard money. We do commercial. We do fix and flips. We do FHA, USD down payment assistance program. So if you guys need to get a hold of me, you guys can uh, text me, call me at 310-415. 1359 and we're right here uh by mohawk and california at the Col- uh, california plaza nice all right all right thank you ladies and gentlemen thank you guys for appreciate you for sure